Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an Asian, see how many Asians you can find in American prison. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourself up. I told that five-story building, you're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times what it leaves. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75, 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you. And O'Reilly, they can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you don't have a, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisoners in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate them. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, when they, when they over-incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches, they never changed anything. Thoughtful. I think it should be a law against it. Making these people sell their homes. It's giving them away. They don't want the homes anyway. They just want the property. That's all they want. They're not getting nothing right here. Not going anyway. But you don't have to sell your home if you don't want to. And I don't want to, and I'm not going to. Yo, where am I going? I worked too hard for this house. I went home with it and barefooted and dragged it too. That's why I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere to God come get me. Buyers, investors, builders, 
or just single people just want to buy my home because of the area, because of the view. I would like to see them make an offer that I that would help me, then I would benefit from, to relocate so I can feel comfortable in my new place. I don't want to move outside of Nashville, Antioch, Bellevue. I would love to stay. Since they start building here, I do feel like I'm being pressured out. Because once all these homes come and go up, the property tax going to go up. And then with my small home against all these big homes, yes, I feel like I am being squared. I am being pushed out. And and I'm though I will not be able to afford that. My home is not for sale, and if my home isn't safe, nobody's home is safe. What Jim Salit is talking about is the city of Lakewood, Ohio, taking his house, his home, through eminent domain to make way for a high-priced condo that will pay the city more in taxes than he and his wife Joanne do. And he says he's not going to take it lying down. It's a close-knit, beautiful neighborhood. It's what America's all about. And I'm going to fight them tooth and nail. I've just begun to fight. I'm Mike Wallace. I'm Morley Safer. I'm Ed Bradley. I'm Steve Croft. I'm Leslie Stahl. Those stories and Andy Rooney tonight on 60 Minutes. Just about everyone knows that under a process called eminent domain, the government can and does seize private property for public use to build a road or a courthouse. But did you know the government can also seize your land for private use if they can prove that doing it will serve what is called the public good? Cities across the country have been using eminent domain to force people off their land so that private developers can build more expensive homes and offices which will pay more in property taxes than the buildings they are replacing. Under eminent domain, the government buys your property, paying you what is determined to be fair market value. But now, people who don't want to sell their homes at any price just to see their land go to another private owner are fighting back. The bottom line is this is morally wrong, what they're doing here. This is our home, and we're going to stay here, and I'm going to fight them tooth and nail. I've just begun to fight. Jim and Joanne Salida are refusing to sell the home they've lived in for 38 years in a quiet neighborhood of single-family houses in Lakewood, Ohio, just outside Cleveland. The city of Lakewood is trying to use eminent domain to force the Salites out to make way for more expensive condominiums. But the Salites are, in effect, telling the town, hell no, they won't go. We talked about this when we were dating. I used to point to the houses and say, Joanne, one of these days we're going to have one of these houses. And I meant it, and I worked hard. What'd you do? I worked in the pharmaceutical industry, and uh, we worked very hard for this, and paid it off, and we said, oh, we've got it. We, we paid off our home, I retired, and now we're gonna spend the rest of our days here and pass this on to our children. But Lakewood's mayor, Madeline Kane, has other plans. She wants to tear down the Salit's home, plus 55 homes around it, along with four apartment buildings and more than a dozen businesses, so that private developers can build high-priced condominiums and a high-end shopping mall, and thus raise Lakewood's property tax base. 
This is a project. The mayor told us she sought out a developer for the project because Lakewood's aging tax base has been shrinking and the city simply needs more money. This is about Lakewood's future. Lakewood cannot survive without a strengthened tax base. Is it right to consider this a public good? Absolutely. What you're saying effectively is that the Salit's neighborhood has to be sacrificed for the greater good of the city of Lakewood. I guess I'm saying that uh, that neighborhood is being asked mm -hmm. to, um, and it's difficult and it's unfortunate that they are being asked to give up their home. They want this whole area because of the view of the park. Well, it's a beautiful view. It is an awesome view. They know it's gorgeous and they want it. It's that simple. This whole area is called Scenic Park, but that's the problem. Because it is so scenic, it's a prime place to build upscale condominiums with great views over the Rocky River. Those condos will be a cinch to sell. But the condos can't go up unless the city can remove the Salites and their neighbors through eminent domain. And to legally invoke eminent domain, the city had to certify that this scenic park area is really, quote, blighted. We're not blighted. This is an area that we absolutely love. It's a close-knit, beautiful neighborhood. It's what America's all about. And, Mike, you don't know how humiliating this is to have people tell you you live in a blighted area and how degrading this is. You're the mayor. You know the place. Tell me what is blighted about that area. The term blighted is a statutory word. It, is, it really doesn't have a lot to do with whether or not your home is painted. It is a legal statutory that? term Meaning? that is used to describe an area. And the question is whether or not that area can be used for a higher and better use, whether wait, wait, that wait. area... Wait, What does that mean, a higher and better use? What's higher and better than a home? The term blight is used to describe whether or not the structures generally in an area meet today's standards. And it's the city that sets those standards. So Lakewood set a standard for blight that would include most of the homes in the neighborhood. A home could be considered blighted if it doesn't have the following. Three bedrooms, two baths, an attached two-car garage, and central air. Now this community is over 100 years old, who has all those things? You mean it's blighted if it doesn't have three those bedrooms? Those things I just told you, that's the criteria. And it's ridiculous. You don't have central air? No, and we don't need it because of the air. We always have a breeze. Sure. Right off air. Lake Erie, the breeze comes right through here all the time. We counted all the attached garages in Lakewood. There's 20 in the whole city. We counted 20. And by the way, we got up at a meeting and told the mayor and all seven council members their houses are blighted according to this criteria. My understanding is that using the criteria that are in place, more than 90% of the houses in Lakewood could be deemed blighted, including the houses of the mayor and of every one of the city council members. True? Do you have two bathrooms? No. Blight. Two-car garage? No. Blight. <laughs> Is the garage attached? No. Blight. 
And your lot size is under 5,000 square feet? Oh, well under. You've called that area a cute little neighborhood. You didn't call it a cute little blighted neighborhood. I mean, you and I know that it's not a blighted neighborhood. I would never personally walk that neighborhood and uh, indicate that that neighborhood is not attractive or, I mean, I would never say that. Um, it's a cute little neighborhood. It is a cute little neighborhood. You'll get me to say it on the record. It is a cute little neighborhood. <laughs> cute? Maybe. But without those new condos, it won't produce enough property taxes to satisfy the mayor and the city council. That's no excuse for taking my home. My right. home is not for sale. And if my home isn't safe, nobody's home is safe in the whole country, not only Ohio, but this is rampant all over the country. It's like a plague. This is a nationwide epidemic. We have documented more than 10,000 instances of government taking property from one person to give it to another in just the last five years. Dana Berliner and Scott Bullock are attorneys at a libertarian nonprofit group called the Institute for Justice, which has filed suit on behalf of the Salites against the city of Lakewood. They claim that taking private property this way is unconstitutional. It is fundamentally wrong and contrary to the Constitution for the government to take property from one private owner and hand it over to another private owner just because the government thinks that person is going to make more productive use of the land. Everyone knows that property can be taken for a road, but nobody thinks that property can be taken to give it to their neighbor or the large business down the street for their economic benefit. People are shocked when they hear that this is going on around the country. And it's not just people's homes that are the targets in these eminent domain cases. The Institute for Justice has also filed suit against the city of Mesa, Arizona to save Randy Bailey's brake repair shop, okay, the shop he got from his father and hopes someday to pass on to his son. The city of Mesa is citing the need for redevelopment is trying to force Bailey to relocate to make way for an Ace Hardware store that would look better and pay more taxes. Redevelopment to me is, uh, you know, work with the existing people there and redevelop. Right. Not, you get out, we're bringing this guy in. Bailey's brake service has been on this corner for more than 30 years. In Mesa, this is the corner, Main Street and Country Club. There's not a better corner in this city. And business has been pretty good down the years? Business has been awesome. Now, what used to be in all of this property? I mean, everything else has disappeared. The city come in and, and uh, got immediate possession and started demolishing it, making it dirt. The city has made dirt out of three restaurants and four businesses that once stood on this five-acre lot. And it's not just business properties that they're doing this on. You know, they wiped out eight people's homes over here. You know, your home ain't even safe. Bailey told us his neighbors let the city buy them out but he's refusing to sell. I'm, I'm standing in their way. I'm the thorn in their side. The thorn in the side of Ken Linhart, who owns the Ace Hardware store a few blocks away. Linhart wants a much bigger store. He could have negotiated with Bailey, but instead, he convinced the city of Mesa to try to buy Bailey's land through eminent domain and then sell it to him. The city of Mesa wants to move Mr. Bailey about a block away and from what I understand, it's going to be a new building, new equipment, uh, moving expenses, and everything set up for him. I don't see how Mr. Bailey's going to get hurt. 
you can't replace a business been in the same location. This place was built in 1952 as a break and front end shop. I don't care where you move into City Mesa, it would never be the same. So Bailey went to Lenhart looking for a way to stay on his corner. I tried to go to him and see if we couldn't work something out on this. And he told me, no, there ain't room for you there. We're going to let the city just take care of you. Did you ever sit down and try to negotiate with him? No, I never did. Redevelopment seems to me to make obvious good sense. But the right of eminent domain to take one man's private property, Randy Bailey, to give it, in effect, to Ken Lenhart for his private property. It happens all over the country. Practically any town you want to go to, they're redeveloping their town centers. Right. Now, are we going to sit in Mesa, Arizona and have our town center decay? As a citizen of Mesa, I don't want that to happen. If I'd had a for sale sign out there, it'd have been a whole different deal. And for them to come in and tell me how much my property worth and for me to get out because they're bringing in somebody else when I own the land is unfounded to me. It don't even sound like the United States. And this isn't happening just in small towns. Right here in New York City, a few blocks away from Times Square, New York State has forced a man to sell land on that corner over there that his family had owned for more than 100 years. And what's going up instead? A courthouse, a school? Nope. The new headquarters of the New York Times. It seems the world's most prestigious newspaper wants to build a new home on this block. But Stratford Wallace and the block's other property owners did not want to sell. Wallace told us the newspaper never tried to negotiate with him. Instead, the Times teamed up with a major real estate developer, and together they convinced the state to use eminent domain to force Wallace out by declaring the block blighted. I challenge them, this is not, this is not blighted property, nor is this property over here blighted. But New York State Supreme Court disagreed. The court ruled that the newspaper's new headquarters would eliminate blight, and that even though a private entity, the New York Times, is the main beneficiary, improving the block would benefit the public. New York Times executives would not talk to us about it on camera. Back in Lakewood, Ohio, Jim and Joanne Salide are still waiting for their court decision. Most of their neighbors have agreed to sell if the project goes ahead, but the Salites plus a dozen others are hanging tough. I thought I bought this place, but I guess I just leased it until the city <laughs> wants it. That's what makes me very angry. This is my dream home, and I'm going to fight for it. Now the fight is moving to the ballot box. Lakewood residents opposed to the development have gathered enough signatures to force a citywide referendum on it come November. All right, that was from a 60 Minutes. We, uh, we played that audio on here before. Um, today's podcast is kind of homeschooling news and information. That's the, we're on a, um, the second leg of a pop-up um, road trip. This road, we're mm-hmm. in Muskogee, Oklahoma. We've been here since, like, last Wednesday. Yeah, I think either last, uh, yeah, last Wednesday. Um, well, we were supposed to be here like last December. Anyway, we're here when we're supposed to be. Um, the week before this, we were we did a little. We were, in, we were back in Florida for like two days, two three days, and before that, we were in Washington D.C., Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, 
part of West Virginia, then back to D.C., then to Florida, and then to Oklahoma. So we've been in Oklahoma since uh, last Wednesday. But in any event, and we're going to we're planning a powwow here uh, for next month, which we'll give those dates. If not by the end of this week, uh, definitely this coming Monday. Now, the reason why I played that piece mm. in this homeschooling part is because um, Washington, D.C., for all practical purposes, not only Washington, D.C., I've heard this out in, like, the Bay Area, Oakland, California, and other cities in the United States, major cities, have been gentrified in some way, in some way. So one of the primary reasons why we're in Muskogee, um, Oklahoma, because we've got we're stakeholders now in Taft, Oklahoma. We we became stakeholders last like last year, and then this trip we we bought more. Um, first time we bought it had you know it, it was a house on like a quarter acre land. This time we just straight land, no no house on, mm. which is perfect of what we like to do with all great stuff anyway. Um, but in any event, we're going to plan a powwow here for next month. We'll give those dates, like say, either by this coming Friday or by this coming Monday at the land. Uh, Is because the topic. Let's call it gentrification. September, right on the job. Uh, second week of school on the field trip. His rent uh, that he and his wife were paying is $1,750. It's still there. But now you have the wife that's in a um, suburb of Washington, D.C. She has to manage it on. So, what's the fallback plan? I told her that, hey, drive 45 minutes to actually from her where she's at. 30, 30 to 45 minutes to work to a place like Martinsville, Martinsburg, West Virginia. Mm. And your overhead is going to drop by at least 1000 to $1,200 a month. Thus, that's one of the primary reasons why we're here um, in black towns country, uh, like, say, Taft, Oklahoma. Uh, it, within, what's interesting about Muskogee, uh, Muskogee County, Muskogee, which is in Muskogee County, Taft, Oklahoma, which is a small town, maybe 250 to 300 people live in, uh, live in Taft, which is in Muskogee, also maybe closer than Taft than we are, because Taft might be 15 minutes away from where we're at, 15, 20 minutes away, where I'm at right now in Muskogee, Oklahoma. 
which is like right on the fringes of the Oklahoma Ozarks, uh, with the uh, summit, Oklahoma, which is maybe five to seven minutes away. Um, you got Redbird and Tallahassee. Anyway, these towns are like 100 years plus old, and they were originally settled mostly by ex-slaves to get away from racism. Well, today, the case today, at least one of my primary motivations for being here, is to get away from and Uber gentrification in some of your life. Here, you can, it's just, a, I would consider where I'm at right now the, the real United States. Uh, mm. Right down the street is a casino, and we'll talk about that on a later podcast where uh, the Cree Indians, at least this particular tribe of the Cree Indians, Organize a community-based business, which is which is uh, a casino. You know, it's got the uh, you know the casino, the restaurants, and all that attached to it, and that employs people of the tribe. And I'm sure that some members of the tribe who do not work at the casino in any capacity, but they still get a check every month. Talk about real social security. So um, we've taken some pictures. New pictures of Tav, they're up online, but we'll tell you where they are tomorrow. And then um, we're going to probably take some more, hopefully, out of town today uh, of another black township. And then, uh, like I said, if not Friday, uh, Monday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. we'll give you the dates of where we're, where we'll be here in about a, a month uh, from the day, or we'll, before the end of next month, September. We'll be back here. I'm going to invite you guys that uh, want to come. That uh, this is going to be a planning powwow for, for a big year of the um, next year. But like I say, if you're living in a larger city where the property taxes are, you know, a little bit too high for what you would like to pay, uh, or you might be living in a place like Chicago. And in the south side of Chicago, your property taxes might be bearable at this moment. However, in the same city of Chicago, uh, from what I like, well, from what I've heard, uh, like in pockets of the north side of Chicago, some people might be paying five thousand dollars or more per year property taxes. Well, if you go rural, you don't have to come to Oklahoma, but if you go rural uh, in in Different parts of Illinois or, or Wisconsin or Washington, uh, uh, and all that. So, um, hopefully, tomorrow we'll be back on our regular schedule. This is a short podcast. So Next Tuesday, because uh, we haven't answered otherwise unexpected problems in the last three weeks um, for homeschooling. But like I said, these were pop up work trips 
totally expected them like December last or the first quarter of this year. Uh, but we got a minute. I guess it all fell in place because uh, we uh, we came across a land transaction that wasn't even on our radar earlier this year. So not even a month ago. So on that note, uh, we'll be back tomorrow at the regular time for a regular um, uh, episode of It's My House on that note. We have to end this one so we have to pack up and leave out. Everyone have a good rest of the day.